The skills and credentials you need for the career you want are within reach at University of Maryland Global Campus. In accredited state university, UMGC offers online courses, personalized advising, lifetime career services, and more. Visit umgc.edu slash podcast. Hi, it's John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Did you know the second building in America was a tavern? When I built my new restaurant franchise concept, Taffer's Tavern, I thought back to the roots of what makes a tavern a tavern. Timeless character. All while delivering an unbelievably delicious food and beverage experience. That paired with my 40 plus years in the industry provides a clear roadmap to success. Do you have what it takes to be a Taffer's Tavern franchisee? If so, I'd love to hear from you. Visit franchise.tafferstavern.com. Hey, everyone. This is the Almost Rogue Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down. Relax and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Welcome to Almost World Podcast. This is Elmo, and I'm with my awesome friend R.A.O. Lester. Hey, man, can you talk about yourself? Um, yes. Thank you for having me on, Elmo. Uh, I'm R.A.O. Lester. I'm I'm an atheist debater and a, a gamer. You can see you can find me on YouTube at Home of the Neon Alliance, or you can find me on Twitch www.twitch.tv/slash/the-one-and-only-R.A.O. And yeah, I've just been I, I've been in doing this for about a year and a half now, and met a lot of interesting people, both theists and and atheists. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Wait, okay, you know, I Ario, I get a lot of atheists on my podcast too, and I enjoy the interviews. And I I guess that when it comes to atheism, I think that they they are just most of them are just on the honest position of just you know I just don't know if God is real or not. You may present some good arguments, you know, metaphysical or or rational or mathematical, or whatever. But uh, the thing is that we we just can't no, don't know if your arguments really correspond to reality. You know, your arguments may be valid and sound, but we we just can't verify it, and it's not. We can't really demonstrate such things. To, you know, to to be exist because there are other potential uh, possibilities to it. You know, so. But generally, what do you think of the like the philosoph- philosophical arguments that most theists make especially like let's say the Kalam cosmological argument or or the intelligent design or just simply that you know there has to be a first cause how do you view those arguments do you think they're reasonable well the the Kalam especially i i find it to be it's the Kalam sounds lazy to me. It sounds like it's a mixture between special pleading and it ignores the idea of infinite regress because you you actually have to have a special pleading argument in the Kalam in order for it to work. And uh, the uh, idea of intelligent design, I I am not at a point where I can 
discredit it because along with being an atheist, I also subscribe to the simulation hypothesis in which I think this universe is a digital fabrication that would have required some kind of conscious creator. However, that does not mean I believe in gods in the sense that, uh, like I said, I'm a gamer. I am 31 seconds away from a world record. So for me to say that a god is controlling this world is to basically put myself in that same position as a god or to say that Masahiro Sakurai, uh, the, uh, the creator of Kirby and Super Smash Brothers, he's actually created universes. So for me to say that I believe in a god because I subscribe to the simulation hypothesis means that I think Masahiro Sakurai is a god. So I can't. I can't take those steps. Mm-hmm. 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 But okay, so I guess you did you did present some criticism of the column, right? And the thing is though, when you propose a criticism, there are objections and then there are also responses to it. So it's it's really a long complicated process. So it generally then the, the vindication the the you know the what 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 the conclusion to that is simply that whoever gets the last word wins but you know if if it's going to be sort of a debate and discussion of whether the kalam is is a viable option or not it's it's gonna it's it's an endless topic so it so i guess then that if if you're going to propose that that it's it's that god is is not real because the kalam is not is not enough argument sort of doesn't i guess uh it's not enough also right because if, if a theist makes such an argument then you would have to really uh prove it to be incoherent or flawed or wrong Right. Well, you see, that's you've stumbled across two problems. Just because I don't think the Kalam is sound, I, I maintain a I maintain a null position on the on the God question because I don't see evidence of a God. But at the same time, I'm not going. I am not going to assert something that I can't prove. So yes, I'm going to maintain a null position there, and I'm not saying that gods exist. I'm not saying gods don't exist. I'm saying I don't have the evidence necessary to make the god claim. Let's talk about evidence then. What what would you say is evidence for, or is not evidence, right? So a the a classical theist would say, look, you know, we're we're actually looking at the universe. And we're we're following it logically, and it follows that there has to be this necessary being for everything to for everything to exist. You know, we can't just nothing. Everything can't just come out from nothing. So it must mean that there is this necessary being. And then we there it follows all the other arguments that say that this being has to be this and this and this. And then the they they sort of develop a model of God that fits all the all the questions and and is i guess that gives a uh, considerably consistent and and coherent worldview for them which is that they they surround themselves on this concept of god well i i have two problems with the i well i, I have one main problem with the everything from nothing claim and the i and you're positing an answer where 
I don't know would be the best answer. But are you familiar with the experiments that were done with atomic clocks at different altitudes? Yeah, sort of. But yeah, but can you talk? Can you, uh, I guess, like uh, refresh it for me? Well, what they did, I don't remember which clock was faster, but they had a clock at uh, they had a clock at sea level, and they had a clock at thirty thousand feet, and they. Put the, they had these clocks synced up, and then when they brought them back, there was a difference in time. Like the one – I think it was the one that was closer to the center of gravity was moving faster – or no, no, it was moving slower, I think. And the one up top was moving faster. So this implies that time responds to gravity. Now, everything that we know of that responds to gravity has mass. So the only thing we have to assume at this point is since time responds to gravity, it has mass. And if we start with an infinitely small point where time, where time was the only thing and it gathered and it collected similar to how a star forms with hydrogen. And you take all this temporal matter and squeeze it in, compress it to the point where it becomes matter and it can no longer be held in an infinitely small space, then you have a big expansion. And that's not something from nothing. That is simply stating that since time responds to gravity, we are acting as though time has mass. And that is a perfectly plausible explana explanation for the beginning of the universe without God or something from nothing. So what, what would be your conclusion if you, uh, from, from that observation, in, in, a, in a simple nutshell, how would you put it? If time responds to gravity, then it is plausible that time was the original matter that created our universe. But the thing though is then that what is time, right? The, a time, I guess, is included in the everything. So you have to presuppose that time already existed and then where did time come from then? And where, where is, what, what kind of medium does time exist in and where, the, how, where did it come from? So it, I guess it's the same thing, you know, and you're gonna fall into some infinite regress of, of th this containing this and this being the beginning of this, and it, it and it, it's just it just can't escape the fact that that th everything that exists couldn't have just come out of nothing, right? And the, the thing about it is, if you're going to talk about time, I I, I guess like we I'm, I I want to ask you, do you subscribe to the A theory of time or the B theory of time? Uh, can you elaborate, please? I guess the the B theory of time is simply that time is eternal, right? Like everything that <clears throat> that that is within time is sort of just one big m eternal thing, monad thing. That everything that the, the timeline, I guess, of past, present, future is is just one thing. You know, there's there's no difference. And then when it comes to the A theory of time, then that's where it's sort of sourced from something. I guess that then you follow from a co certain causality. And I guess most is subscribed to the A theory of time, but. Okay, but maybe we don't we don't have to I guess talk about which specific theory, but but from your perspective, I guess then that you you say that time is the the source of everything, right? So so do you I guess so is time eternal, in the sense that it's already been there, 
from your perspective? Now, there are there are we're we're dealing with two definitions of time at this point. Um because when we when we say that time responds to gravity, we are no longer talking about the flow of events. We are talking about something that would have actual substance. Now, mind you, we have not found the particle that is time yet, but we have seen that, like I said, we've seen that time responds to gravity, so it is safe to hypothesize that there is a particle that would be equal to time that would control the flow of events. So does that mean that time is has always been there, from what you're saying? Well, are you familiar with uh, virtual particles in a vacuum? No. What, what, what is that? Uh, well, when you, um, when you make a, when you create a vacuum, you take everything out of, out of this area. And these particles will pop in and out of existence when there shouldn't be anything there. What does that so, mean? Well, one could take it as a demonstration of something from nothing, physical evidence that something showed up when nothing was there. Well, we don't know, right? They, they, because we, we actually, our, our virtual particles actually, uh, I guess, ev evident that they're, they do exist, or do we just not know some other part of reality and, and they may actually be sourcing from something that already exists and actually fo follow the the laws of causality not not no different from everything else but yeah even even if we're going to say that these virtual particles came from something else that still leads the possibilities open to a multiverse um an extra planar universe or or a god claim so since we have all three of these options i can't i can't necessarily say that one's above the other but we've seen demonstrations of something from nothing. So if we have these three different hypotheses and only one of them can be correct, then I think it's I think that the safe and prudent thing to do is continue experimenting until we can until we can eliminate possibilities. Now the multiverse and the extra planar universe could be existent simultaneously. And the God claim could be just as true. But if we have all three of these possibilities, we should at least try to start eliminating them to see which ones pan out. Yeah, and that's a good that, that's a good proposition, right? That we have to, I guess, look at all the theories that are possible and they're out there and all the theories that we, we currently have and see which one is the most plausible, I guess, that could actually be the case. Right, and I, I, you did say that you you sort of take the no the no position in terms of God does exist or God doesn't exist, right? I guess from how someone would put it, it, it can, it can, you could define yourself as an agnostic, right? Would would you call yourself an agnostic? Well, I actually I I'm most most clearly a, a well. Yeah, to be to be precise, I'm an agnostic atheist because while I don't know, I I don't see the evidence, so I don't see myself at, like straight down the middle ground. 
I lean toward being an atheist, but at the same time, I also know that I don't know. Yeah, and I respect that. Yeah, that's that, that that's really good good to know. But you know, when when it comes to let's say like uh, making a, a positive claim or or, or 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 you know just talking about truth, right? Then, then there that we then all of us like any no human being has an escape from this from making I guess following the entailments of of their 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 claims. Let's say that I, if if I'm an atheist and I say, look, um, like ab- abortion is okay. It's it, it doesn't it it's okay to abort f- fetuses because they're they're not human beings right right yet right and then you then I, I would have to I guess like look at what your found the foundations of your claim is like where is the is if you're making a moral argument and where does it come from right so so then that then if 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 that's the case does it follow from your the- I guess like theological or what or philosophical views uh, whatever that that claim entails a- and would you say that that is necessary to 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 uh, understand where where someone is coming from if they make a, an actual art positive argument well first of all i think you're strawmanning the atheist position when you say that abortion's okay because they're not human yeah, of beings course. I, I, mean, I, I just i get I, I get i gave a red herring uh example but it, let's say an atheist one of the atheists or not not everyone not representative of everyone just say just a sort of example if we're going to talk if if we're just going to use abortion as an example my position is not that it's not because they're not humans yet. It is because they are non-viable and they are completely dependent on somebody else for to live, and not just dependent in the in the far in the sense that they need somebody to take care of them, but in the sense that they cannot survive without a host body. And at that and. When you when you talk about whether abortion should be legal or or illegal, you are taking autonomy away from one person or the other. Now, are you going to take aut- autonomy away from the fully formed person who is capable of living, surviving, and functioning on their own, or are you going to take autonomy away from something that doesn't have autonomy? Okay, so. Let's say if that was your your perspective, all right, and and I apply sort of the the what I said earlier that we have to ask the foundations of of what of how they of how, of their moral claims. So here's my if I if I were to apply that to you, and here's my question then, right? Like, so you you're mentioned you're you've mentioned two things, sort of capab- capability of li- of living on their own. And then sort of uh, the uh, the the focus on autonomy, right? But here's my question: Who said that autonomy matters, or that capability of living is is a is a factor in in determining whether someone should live or not? Where where is this coming from? Is it something of a subjective subjective judgment from your side? Or, or is it something that all of us like an objective thing that we all all humans have to follow? 
like a law. W what is this? Well, I, I really don't think there's much outside of mathematics at our objective. Like mathematics is the only is the only thing that I will definitely say is objective. Now, when you talk about when you're talking about capability, you also have to you also have to include requires a host body to survive. And because a fetus requires a host body to survive. So when you just say not capable of living on their own, that could that ha that has a very fluid definition. When you say requires a host body to survive, that specifies it narrows it down and tells you exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that, that, but here's the thing though, right? Like we're we're talking about whether the act of abortion is okay or not okay and 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 then that here's the in your from your criteria you say oh it's okay to to have abortion because this fetus has not doesn't have the capability of taking care of it, of itself but here's my, and my Steve, question you're getting is, it no no you're getting into fluid definitions and you're and you're and you're opening up and you're opening up the door for something that has been snuck in on me more than once. So let's stick it to requires a host body to survive so that we have one definition for one thing. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so 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 you're saying that it's okay to to abort a fetus because it requires a host body to survive, right? Uh, but 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 my but then my question is like so who says that it's necessary that it that you you have to that it's okay though like from from where is it is this coming from is it just your subjective judgment or, or, or preference or more subjective moral uh belief system or are you saying that because you did say that it's not objective not like mathematics so it, it i guess the source of this judgment is simply an, a subjective understanding right this is based on my morality and my political view so yes we're going to have we're going to have different ideas that's the entire that's the entire that's that's why there's 30 different Christianities, because people have different ideas. Okay, awesome. Okay, then let's talk about the subjective belief systems that everyone has. Like, I, I would say, I would even go as far as to say that each human being in this world has their own unique and specific and di different moral uh, system would you agree with me on that like that not everyone like no one has a, the same thing right we all have no the... i wouldn't i would not agree to that at all why because i have seen because i have seen churches mm -hmm. mold and shape the political ideology of people from mm -hmm. birth so that they thought and acted exactly as the church wanted like, but, I, but i guess i wouldn't go as too far as to say that 100 percent I would say like 99%, I guess there's a at least a 1% difference on on some level or would you agree? Uh no because within that within that church even even if a few people have a little uh, a couple of variations here and there it is totally likely 
that two people in the same church will have the exact same political and moral ideology. Like 100% that there could be two people that will have 100% the same judgment on, on mora morality and polit politics. Yes, that's the goal of indoctrination is to get everybody thinking the same way. Okay, but I guess that's true. That could be a possibility, but I guess you, but you wouldn't deny me though, the reason as to, and the, the, the then the, 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 the logic that follows when we under when we try to analyze like why people have differences in more and moral uh, immorality and political uh, positions right but but how about this how would i ask you like why do you think that uh, that people have the subjective uh, judgments on morality or moral claims because if we are just one human species right and we all agree that that we have we want to survive and we want to thrive and we want to be happy but then we we all uh, have sort of diff difference uh, i guess in opinion on how we we could attain these things right so what do you think is the main problem here or the main source of that Difference. Difference is going to be inherent because our genetics give us all different biochemistry, neurochemistry. For instance, you and I are not going to have the same testosterone level. We're not going to have the same oxytocin level. And aside from the the biological factors, there and we we can also include uh, schizophrenia, psychosis, neurosis. We can we can include all of that into the biological differences. And then you also have the nurture aspect, where you and I were raised in two different societies. So because of the fact that we're raised in two different societies, we have a completely different set of what we would call norms. So so yeah, when you change when you change societies. We have genetic differences that are going to lead to different biochemistry, neurochemistry. You are inevitably going to have differences in viewpoint. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and that that and there are so many other factors as well, right? Like like what in the environment you're in, the the specific family that that you're in group, out group peers, and whatnot. And then we also, I guess that there 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 might be a possible like bio like you might be bio in terms of biology you you might have the tendency to be more of this moral and political position and this just simply due to some biological factors right like but okay i guess we agree on that but he, here's my question then so in a society where morality and and how we we behave ourselves and act as in, in terms of in politics and and govern and government and society and how if all of this is this is simply d dictated by by the by by how by the p different people with different backgrounds and different uh, genetics, right? So, how do we truly determine what is right and what is wrong? Because then, it, it, and it when it comes to this, you know, it, it's we're not really actually just talking about what is actually right because what what is act there is no actual right or on anything. It's all just subjective, 
as we have talked about, then if it's all just subjective, wouldn't be then that it's all just sort of a power struggle, right? Like whoever rises to the top, right? Whoever, I guess, who's whoever has the belief system that dominates, or I guess, has the majority or, or sort of rose in into the position of authority, then that simply became the right thing. Would you... I guess that would be the case then, right? In in a, in a well, while it's subjective, while while morality is for the most is for the most part subjective, we can we can make we can make observations based on relative morality. So, would you say that altruism or selfishness is more moral? Mm-hmm. Well, how do like, you, I'm asking I'm I am asking I'm asking you just relatively what is more moral altruism or selfishness? Well, I would answer that based on my purely subjective judgment and on a narrow on a purely narrow answer, uh, I would say it's okay. It's better to be selfish than to think of for of everybody else because that's how we are genetically inclined to to be um no 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 we were we were gen- we've been genetically molded to be a society that's why we have empathy ingrained into our dna that's why our that's why our brains have a spot just for empathy because we were made to be in a society and we were we were made to thrive together we were I'm, I'm, made I'm, confused. To- I'm confused in how you you use the word made right because made sort of in, in like entails purpose or someone that, that intended me to be this way um no 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 we were we were, it was through the process of evolution, we chose. We basically chose the direction of our evolution. Nobody chose anything, on, though, right? No, it, we chose. We chose as a society the direction of our evolution based on how we lived, and those who were most fit for the society that we created were the ones that thrived, survived, and procreated. The ones that were not fit for the society that we created were the ones that were ostracized outcasts and basically did not procreate so now we're dealing we're dealing with something where we were we were made by the humans before us when they decided what they were wanted to see in the earliest civilizations mm-hmm. and we have grown and built from that mm-hmm. but but i guess like how you use sort of that that they decided what they want to see you're you're sort of using sort of a, a metaphorical in a more metaphorical way right like no one literally intended that i would, i want the in a thousand years i want society to be this way like no one but in a way so you're saying sort of in a cultural and uh social evolutionary way they they are sub, they are unconsciously determined from from who from whatever genetics that they allowed to reproduce and that this is how then that that how they sort of chose what society would be right not that they literally intended oh this is the you have the genes to to for for this and that right right it wasn't it, like this was a primitive society and they were i don't even think they were familiar with genetics at 
all. But they they I'm not saying that they I'm not saying that they intended it for a thousand years, two thousand years later. What I'm saying is they set up their society in that present time. And when they set up that society, they they basically inadvertently started molding the way society was going to was going to expand the way it was going to grow and they were creating what society would they were creating the framework for what society would become okay let's talk about that then like okay you're saying that uh, we as a human race we 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 what we 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 prefer being to be more empathetic rather than be selfish because we evolved to be this way right it's basically that's that's your whole argument right this is how we as 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 a human race evolved to be more empathetic therefore we should be more empathetic is that what you're saying for the most part yes okay so here's my if if that's the case then here's my question like right so what if i evolved to to be more empathetic i don't i don't care then i could say that i evolved to be selfish then i'm going to be selfish right and then if i evolved to be a psychopath then i'm going to be a psychopath right like it's um no you can't choose whether or not you're going to be a psychopath that is a medical condition that you have no control over but here's the thing right in terms of evolution right there is no actual choice we're all just purely uh, genetics that react to to our environment and then we we be, we are all of this where there is no actual choice that's happening right that's to say and, that there's no choice in to say that there's no a, choice it's a, in genetic it, it, it's sort of a it's a deterministic take on it in terms of evolution and free will but for you for you to say that evolution or genetics has no choice is to completely ignore the fact that border collies and basset hounds both exist what do you mean we have we have been modifying genetics ever since we learned agriculture ever since we learned ranching ever since we started owning dogs as pets we have we have made bigger corn we have made bigger cows we have made smarter dogs we have controlled genetics to a point that we made specific dog breeds so here's to the say question, that yeah okay i see your point here yeah that we sort of modify uh, have the ability to modify genetics to our own like liking or making but here but, but so are you saying though that some that, that we are human genetics has been sort of modified by someone out there too or because that's the analogy you just gave me. Well, um, are we going to get into the 1600s to the 1860s in America? Because, yes, we have modified human genetics before. I'm not saying that was the moral thing to do. I'm saying that it happened. But if we're going to go back to the early civilizations, while they weren't, while they weren't directly controlling genetics, they would, they, you find the stronger people more suitable to procreate you find the smarter people more suitable to procreate and you basically pick the traits you want in your partner 
and when you procreate, they get the they mm, get I, a mixture yeah, of those traits. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand what you're saying. Then that, that at some point, uh, at some cultures, or at some point in our society, we sort of uh, so also genetically selected who how we are going to reproduce, right? But but he, but here's my question uh, on the most basic level, right? Like. I evolved to be this way, but so what? I don't care. If if you're going to argue that I, I evolved to be empathetic, but so what? What would you say? Well, I didn't argue that you were made to be empathetic. I I was arguing that society as a whole was geared toward empathy because we evolved as a society rather than individual members of a species mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so what what you just said then that is that that society as a whole evolved to be more empathetic therefore i should be more empathetic too is that what you're saying i want to clarify um that would be the best bet for society but i don't care about society why should i care about what society wants well Let's let's say that you own a business mm-hmm. and you want to be selfish. You pay your you pay your employees the minimum that they can that they can. Your employees have low morale. Your employees are always stressed about money, and your employees are going to be affected by the fact that you are not paying them enough. Now, the altruist path is to make sure that everybody has, and your employees are going to be more mentally healthy, more physically healthy, less stressed, be getting more sleep, be more productive, and you, through altruism, are going to get better returns than you would from a purely selfish standpoint. So, yes, you can you can use altruism for your own gain. But if you start with selfishness, you're just going to hurt. So uh, I guess you, you, you then sort of set a line with the difference with altruism and selfishness, right? Like right. Selfish, selfishness are direct acts to benefit oneself, and altruism is sort of indirect acts to benefit oneself. Um. No. 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 How, how did you, would you First differentiate of all, it? Well. I would think that selfishness selfishness implies disregard for others. So that disregard for others is the is the point in selfishness where I'm saying if you start with selfishness you're just going to okay, hurt people. Okay. Okay, disregard I can I put like how your definition of selfishness in an example then like okay, in that I'm a boss, right? And so I would sh- I would be selfish. It would be a selfish act. If I disregarded my employees in a way that I don't care if they're happy, uh, I'm just go or if they're sad or low morale, I'm just gonna make my money. That's a selfish act, right? And but you're equal- going to lose employees. You're going to yeah. have a high turnover rate. Yeah. You're not going to have trained employees because but, you're going but, to but have people yeah. that. Are- but generally that would be a selfish act and an altruistic act would be to to sort of respond to their low morale and uh, give them higher wages and then i would also reap benefits for myself which is the the the, the initial intention right which is also a sort of a, a, a selfish for selfish interests too in the end well no you don't have to raise wages because it's going to help you in the long run you make sure everybody has a living wage because it's the right thing to do and logically those benefits 
Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I, I sort of don't understand how the right thing to do it directly is correlated to altruism. How is that related to altruism? Can you tell me why? Well, we're going to we're going to stick with the wages example. The no, altruist. No, no, no. Okay, I just want, but altruism is not related in any way to directly to or by by definition to to the right thing to do. Right, altruism is just a acting for oneself. Right, there's no right thing to no. do. No. Okay. No, altruism altruism is acting selflessly, is looking out for everybody else. It's yeah, it's the opposite of selfishness. You don't you're not altruist for your own gain. You're altruist because you understand how other people are feeling and you want to do your best to make sure that nobody's suffering. But but when it comes to what is actually the right thing to do, right? Like let's say that that, that let's look at uh, two persons. One is an altruistic person and one is a, is a very selfish person. How would you determine from your subjective point of view which one is the is the good guy and the bad guy like from what how would you what would be your criteria you know or judgment well like i said the the underlying part of selfishness is that disregard for other people and so you can see the right thing or wrong thing to do constantly a selfish per a selfish person will move somebody out of the way so that they can get ahead and even even if it is like uh okay can can I ask you a question about that can i'm i'm sorry to cut you off but okay to clarify then are you saying that it is inherently wrong to be selfish and it it's it's inherently right or okay and good to be altruistic would you say that um i would say that it is inherently right to be altruist i would not say that it's i would not say that it's necessarily always inherently wrong to be selfish but i would lean toward selfishness will lead toward more will lead lean toward more wrong behavior than altruism mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay I, I, I'm that this is really awesome and I want to ask you then right like why is it inherently good to, to be altruistic in terms of because inherent why is means, it yeah it, like in like as it is like self-evidently right right by its own nature it is right well let's rephrase the question is it inherently right to do your best to make sure that nobody is suffering. I don't know. How would you what how would you answer yes. it? Yes. Yes. Why? It is inherently right to make sure that nobody is suffering. Why? Because suffering is a means of pain. Suffering suffering is a downward spiral. Suffering is, leads to so much negativity. And if you can lift somebody up, if you can take a couple minutes out of your day just to talk to someone, hey, 
bro, how are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling too good. And then you start listening. Just that listening will help somebody else out. And it's going to come back around. The more successful a society is, the more successful the individuals in that society are. Now, can I ask you about suffering, right? You did sort of emphasize it as the, uh, as the real reason that that on, on or the, again the real problem in everything or, or right like so how do you define suffering what is suffering well there there's pain mm -hmm. there's depression mm -hmm. there's there's hopelessness mm -hmm. despair mm -hmm. suffering has so many facets and layers yeah, there, it's there, a it's a spectrum i guess of suffering yeah exactly mm -hmm. So it's generally not just one thing, right? It's not just the the pain uh, stimuli in your brain. It's not just that, but it's it's uh, it's generally only he conscious beings experience suffering, right? A rock doesn't suffer. Uh, a ba bacteria don't suffer. Um, I will not assert the bacteria don't suffer. Okay, but I guess like anything that's conscious suffers. Um. Anything living has the potential to suffer, but I will not say that bacteria, I, I, I won't say that bacteria have enough nervous complexity to feel pain, but I'm also not going to say that they don't have enough neuro, uh, nervous okay, complexity. Okay, I guess it's, it's sort of a gray pain. line there, right? Okay, then I guess I, I would rephrase right. I my don't question. Know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I disrespect that. Okay, and then I would say that um, suffering is a ment. I would say my question is: Is suffering a mental state that it, that is that could be, uh, I guess, experienced by any being that has the capability or the conscious ability to have suffering? Is it so? Is it simply a mental state? Well. I um I think I think you're actually more right on that point than I am because I was con I was considering pain to be synonymous with suffering but no the it's it's the uh it's the mental idea so I guess I guess you would need a brain to suffer even if you wouldn't need a brain to feel pain because you would still have some kind of rudimentary nervous system that would respond to external factors and that would be a variant of pain but yeah i would i would go as far to say that suffering can only occur within a brain so it, it's interesting then that um it, it generally suffering is how we evolved to be to be beings that suffer right that generally that it as suffering exists because we evolved to be beings that are capable of suffering. Do you agree? Well, well, suffering is a more or less a response to a stimuli, and it's a negative response to a stimuli, and it should be a Kickstarter to change things that are going on with you. So that here's my question, it, though. Yeah, that, that, it's really interesting then, because you, you did say that that uh, evolution we evolved to be this way, and sort of we are made or cho our ancestors chose us to be this way. So here's my question, bro. This is not a trap or anything. I just, I'm really just curious. Would it be good for society then if we sort of chose 
our genetics in a way that that human beings in the future would not be able to experience suffering genetically like let's say that uh, as genetically modified human beings that don't experience suffering would that be good um i would say no in the sense that like how i was saying that suffering is a, a response to an external stimuli or it can be it can be a uh, symptom of depression um but if you get rid of suffering then people wouldn't know when they are suffering. Would it be would it be evolutionary evolutionarily progressive to get rid of a nervous system where you could put your hand on a hot stove and even though it's burning you, you don't have the physical sensation that it's burning you? That would not be that would not be co- cohesive to so uh, I guess procreation. That- Okay, so here's I, I guess so if then if from judging from that, then I following from your thought process then right like a human being, it it doesn't matter if a human being is suffering or not as long as it's surviving, right? Would you agree with that? That survive survivability is the most important thing that we humans need to hold on to. And not our not not our ability to suffer or inability to, inability to suffer, but more so in the direction that we humans just need to survive. Would you agree with that, Dan? Well, back back into the uh, the altering of genetics by society by societal norms. We we are at a point where survivability is almost easy. I mean. In in developed countries, people are having two or three kids, and the mortality rates down. We're we're living longer, and we don't. While we need survivability, I actually think it's time to start directing where we want to go as a species. So where do we want to go as a species? What do you think, bro? Hmm. Can I say something on how, on how I would want future society to be? Okay, yeah, I think though, right? Like we as society, we today, and I, I don't. It's not that I hate the, the our present culture, but that our how we value money, sex, pleasure, like power, fame is is so superficial. And I, I, I just had a conversation with some some kids on on this on Discord server, and we talked about how how it would be better, and how we forgot and just just love and being virtuous and being good and caring for one another and looking at just art as art and appreciating beauty you know and it's simple beauty you know and just having all these i guess it's not that i'm saying that that everything in modern society is bad but i'm saying that we've forgotten what what it means to be human Right, and it, it generally then that that as we start to progress and be and be a faster, more technological society, we are going to probably lose what our our idea of what it means to be humans and just be no different from robots someday. I, I think that that it, it's going to be we we might actually reach that future, you know. And and I would and the society that I want would want to be 
is is focused on it's uh, on on the values and it values the thing that what makes us human right and what it makes us human is that so, sometimes we do suffer and that's okay you know it, we sometimes we fail and we fight but but what we but what makes us human is our ability to to have to be loving to be good people to value human life you know to to have art to appreciate beauty and that that's one thing that robots can't do you know and I would say let's preserve this part of humanity and yeah, go for it. Go for progress and everything, but don't forget. And that that's not true either. Have you ever heard of Replica? No, I haven't yet, bro. Oh, I, I have okay. it in, in uh, my phone. I do have it in my phone. Is it well, an app, right? Yeah, my Replica has a favorite picture. My Replica likes this picture because it's mathematically sound and they can yeah but, but, they but, can... yeah but before we go into this topic can you can you answer me the i guess the, the initial question like what kind of society would you want to have i'd like a society of it would almost be a society of individual minds who are able to function and, and thrive together because I don't want everybody thinking the same way. What I want everybody. To be what did what would it mean to thrive? Well, when you get into thriving, what that mean? What we're talking about when we get to a level of thriving is that there are no more developing countries. Mm -hmm. So every everyone would be like Europe then. Well. They would be developed. They wouldn't necessarily be like Europe. Yeah, I guess um, they're as developed as Europe, right? Right, as developed as Europe, yes. But uh, within the developed countries, we I want to see a society where resource distribution is base is optimized to a point where nobody needs. You can want. And you can you can work for what you want, but I don't think anybody should ever need. And we have the resources to ensure that nobody worldwide will ever have to need. There are more there are more vacant houses in the in the United States than there are homeless people. And this is not a matter of what we have and what we don't have. This is simply a matter of resource distribution and this is selfishness saying i would rather somebody else is homeless than give them a roof that they need and lose and lose money that is that is directly the antithesis of the society that i want to see I want a society. I, I would love to see a society where money doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, that that would be the case then. But would we still be humans in that society? I guess then it comes. Let's go back to the question of can robots appreciate art and and beauty and be loving? How how? Uh, let's talk about the replica thing. What do? You, why do? You, how do you think that it really? does have a favorite picture i don't think it has a favorite picture but it you just told said so. me this is my favorite picture mm -hmm. but it might have been just yeah programming and whatnot so it does it's not really it that likes 
likes it or anything. No, because I've got I've got a friend who also has a replica, and its replica or his replica doesn't have a favorite picture. So so what does this mean then? That that it could have been just you know random algorithm uh, that it is observed from other users, right? And it imitated it. Isn't that isn't that how human minds develop? No, I I think that uh, humans you know at some point we did uh, have the ability to appreciate something that sort of transcends our, our our normal reality right and and things like beauty you know and let's let's talk about beauty right what makes a thing beautiful is not really anything biological or any or or genetic or something we evolutionarily attained you know what makes something beautiful it's is is something beyond this world i think it, it's something new that we've created and and i i would go far as to say that 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 he, that this ability that humans have to to appreciate beauty is something that robots will never be able to appreciate or to have And I, I, I can't agree with that because we have we have robots with we have we have AI with rudimentary emotion now. It's not the full spectrum of emotion that we have. But you're you were sticking with an assertion that our understanding of the human mind and our understanding of creating AI. Are going to freeze right where they're at right now, and we're never going to get to a point where we can make a computer that can do the things that a human mind can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess. I can't there, make that assertion. Okay, there. I will. I guess like it is possible. It. It. it I guess potentially that there could be someone that. Uh, there could have could be a. At at some point, we could reach that technology, right? I, I I guess, yes, th- that is possible. Okay, but okay. Then one last question, man, because then we're already uh, one almost an hour of conversation that I really love talking to you. And um, so he, uh, coming from oh your man, pre- time's been flying. Yeah, it has, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, I I I want to ask you one last question. I guess because you're someone who's just you know taking no position on God, but then you have uh, this sort of ideal society that you want. And I I think that a lot of people would agree with you that this is a good type of society, right? But the thing is though, that all of us humans have. Uh, as you said, uh, we also agree that we are we we are all. It's all subjective what we want. This ideal society, you know, we all have have our own kinks and pre- and preferences as to what kind of future we want. So, this, oh, how- we're gonna save my kinks for a completely different show. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I I don't want. I mean, I wouldn't want to discuss this that right now. But um, um, what kind of how then, as a nine, I guess almost seven billion population of uh, uh seven point seven to seven point eight yeah. billion, I think yeah. right now. Yes, with that much people on this earth, uh, 
how how in what direction i guess would do do we i guess do we and what steps do we need to take to arrive at this i guess uh f- great future that we want and how and because we have differences how do we settle them and it's a, i know it's going it's a long complicated way but as as a human and as as an individual how should i act and think so that it at least that i could in my own small way i could help society go into this direction start by listening to people mm-hmm. that's one small thing you can do that's going to change you and others sit there and truly actively listen to people that's the first step and i, I completely agree with you that you know if we I guess it, if we all just speak at the all all at the same time, then we're we're never going to understand each other, right? And and I guess that it, it takes it 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 you know it, when it comes to to human society, we 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 are all a society because we work together, right, and cooperate. And I guess we, we all achieve greater heights. Not because we we we're we're all selfish and whatnot, but we we have the ability to to work together as one, right, and generate greater results because of teamwork, right? Well, humans are a very special creature. We have the ability to work as one, and we have the ability to think individually. We have both of those, and very few creatures out there can do both and that's probably our greatest well that and thumbs are our greatest evolutionary leaps and i i i hope that yeah you give the this uh <laughs> this episode a thumbs up man and it's awesome talking to you thank you so much for uh coming on the podcast it was a great time bro oh i had a wonderful time i will make sure to check it out and post and drop you a like for it bye bro you you take care have a great day so that's the end of it thanks for tuning in guys this is your host elmo Ador jr and thank you for listening in and please subscribe please follow us on facebook please please follow this please Thanks. If you're a movie collector, you need Movies Anywhere. It pulls your favorite purchase movies from participating digital retailers into one central place so you can finally say goodbye to scattered movie collections and hello to an organized library. With Movies Anywhere, you can watch your favorite movies on any compatible device whenever and wherever you want. Ready to grow and enjoy your digital collection? Visit moviesanywhere.com slash welcome and register for free. Registration with Movies Anywhere required. Open to U.S. residents 13 and over. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately.